So there's a football game this afternoon. This week, a lot of talk has happened around not just the two teams, but these two players. There's a lot of reasons for that. One, this is the first time in a Super Bowl that two African-American quarterbacks have led their teams. And so our culture has, yeah, has celebrated that. It's a cool deal. There's a lot that they share similarly, and so I'm going to talk about a few of them. Uh, they both ended up with the same record. They had 16-3 and three overall record, which both of them led their individual teams to be number one seeds in the playoffs. But not only same record, same seed, they both led their teams to 546 offensive points this last year. Uh, something that I haven't heard media talk a lot about, they are both from the Lone Star State. Yeah, yeah. Just both happen to be from Texas. Uh, one, uh, Jalen Hurts from Houston area, Mahomes uh, from East Texas, little, little town of, anybody know? Yeah, White House, a lot of y'all know, yeah. I also haven't heard culture talk about this a whole lot in the last few weeks. Both of these men are outspoken Christians. Yeah, yeah. Both, both of them, after winning their conference championships, they used their platform to talk about their relationship with God through Christ. And interestingly, when they shared about their relationship with God, it wasn't about how life is all marvelous and wonderful. No, notice the song was about God's love is marvelous and wonderful. And I think sometimes for Christians, I'm going to try to get to where we're going to go today. I think that sometimes for Christians, when, when we, we think Jesus is going to get brought up, it's, it's going to get brought up when life is all good and we're in the Super Bowl, right? Both of them talked about their relationship with God related to pain. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, and I think his was on a lesser level, and so I'll start with him. He shared about his injury. He had gotten injured in the previous game and the, the doctors had said average recovery is six weeks for the injury he had. And he recovered in enough time to play the next game. Now some wonder how much drugs he was on during that game. But uh, this was his words. First of all, I want to thank God. He healed my body this week to battle through that. He gave me strength to be out there. Uh, so he pointed to God gave him strength in pain. He had an injury to make it through. Jalen Hurts, when he was being questioned after the game, talked about in college when he had gone through a time of really, y'all, if y'all know the history of his story, I won't tell it all. He was really criticized as a college quarterback. He was quarterbacking one of the best teams in the country and he was benched in the championship game and then ended up at another team. And he said these words, my favorite verse, and I went through a lot of stuff in college and this verse kind of stuck with me. John 13, 7, the words of Jesus. You may not know now, but later you'll understand. He was actually pointing to Jesus when he was in the upper room with his disciples saying, hey, as you go through this pain, uh, the cross in front of Jesus, you may not understand, but later you will. And he said, I had to, I cling, I had to cling to that in pain in my life. Why do I start here? What we're going to see as we're walking through the book of Mark, Jesus today is going to be, and this is a turning point in the gospel, is he's going to be 
from the words of Peter, he's going to be professed, acknowledged as the Messiah, the, the Christ. And I think a lot of people would think, okay, when Jesus, if, if he's here, and, and, and this was the gospel definition we had weeks ago in the first few chapters of Mark, as we were looking at what Mark was trying to express the gospel, we wrote it, this is not Mark's words, we wrote it this way, there is a real kingdom and a real king, he is who? The Christ, the Son of God. So Peter's going to confess him as the Christ, and you'd think he's going to say, okay, sweet, Super Bowl, we're going to win. And that's what the disciples were expecting, that we have a conquering king on the throne of David who's going to overcome all the enemies. And Jesus, in his love and by his grace, Jesus lived a perfect life, and he died in our place and rose again. He's going he's to show Peter, no, actually, because I'm the Messiah, what that means is I'm actually going to suffer and die. And then he's going to show his followers what it looks like actually to follow Jesus. And it doesn't mean there's no injuries. It doesn't mean you're not going to get criticized. It, it, it doesn't, it, repent, believe, and follow Jesus. And Jesus is going to actually use these words twice in the text. What does it look like to follow Jesus? It does not mean there's no pain. In fact, on some level, he's going to call you in and through pain. Aren't you glad you came today? So if you have a Bible, Mark chapter 8 is where we are today. I invite you to turn there. If you don't own a Bible, there's a, one in the pew there in front of you. We, we would love to give that to you as a gift, or if you just didn't bring yours, you can use that. Mark chapter 8, I'm going to start reading in verse 27. And in order to God, honor God's word, I want to invite you to stand with me. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Pause for a second. The most important question that anyone can ever answer. Who do you say Jesus is? That verse is the theme for our upcoming women's conference, April 1st. But it should be the theme of our lives as Christians. Who do you say Jesus is? Peter, who was Mark's source, answered him. You are the, what's the word? Christ that's, yes, we, we've had a lot of applause today. Christ, this is, you're the Messiah, the Greek word, Christ, Messiah, Hebrew word. You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. Okay, Jesus the Christ, sweet. He's king. We're about to win every battle. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be what? Killed. And after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside. Right after saying you're the Messiah. Takes him aside and began to rebuke him. No, we're going to win the Super Bowl, Jesus. 
But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Pray with me. Uh, If your knees are comfortable, if you're able, I'm going to invite you to your knees. Otherwise, you can just sit down. Let's pray. Uh, I want to invite you to go to God with your pain for a moment. Where are you hurting most? I think sometimes we, we, we want to ask God just to remove it. A- ask him to help you see how you can follow him through it right now. Christ, Messiah, thank you for dying in our place for our sin and rising again. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd help me to teach what what you called your followers to. Help God, in Jesus' name, amen. Big moment in the Bible. Christ has showed up. The Messiah is here. He turns and says, well, guess what? That means I'm going to suffer and die. I'm not the first coming. Jesus was not coming to sit on the throne of David forever physically here on earth. Second coming, that's happening. He's going to win the Super Bowl when he shows back up, right? First coming, he was coming to be the suffering servant and to die in our place to take away the sin of the world. Watch what he says next. And keep going. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would what? Come after me. Same word in the original language to this one, follow me. Some of your translations use the word be my disciple because that's what a disciple is. Someone who lives and loves like Jesus comes after him. If you want to come after me, what does he say? Let him what? Deny himself. Okay. If you're here in the room and you're not a follower of Jesus, it's going to sound for a little bit like I'm trying to talk you out of it. Hang with me. Will you do that? Hang with me. If you're here in the room and you are a follower of Jesus, it's going to kind of sound like Jesus is trying to talk you out of it. Our world right now is telling you that joy in life will be found with you doing you. That, that, that our, our culture right now is crying out and saying, hey, whatever you desire, you just do that and we're going to celebrate that so that you can be happy. Our, and by the way, and all things, not just you might be trying to interpret something I'm saying politically or, or sexually or whatever. It's, it's a, this, like, in order to be happy, uh, you need to be you and make sure you stand up for you. And Jesus, he's going to say literally this word deny yourself is to remove yourself from yourself. 
Jesus says, if you want to follow me, and by the way, it's what Jesus did. He humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He, he deny yourself, deny, remove yourself from yourself and do what? And take up his what? Cross. Okay, what seemed hard gets harder. This was not for them when you have the little silver, really pretty, the diamond studded cross, like, oh, that's gonna look beautiful. That's not what the cross was for them. This is before Jesus went to the cross. This was their visual, what they saw as torture, pain, and death. As I was thinking about it this week, and I know we've already had a moment in our service where we acknowledged this and prayed over it, but I was thinking, if you've been watching the news this week, this would kind of be like Jesus saying, if you want to come after me, remove yourself from yourself and walk in to the crumbling building during an earthquake. I want you to follow me through suffering and pain. The cross is what that symbolized for them. When Mark even wrote this down, recorded it, it was during the reign of Nero when he was crucifying Christians. And he did not take this out of his gospel. If you're taking notes, following Jesus often involves temporary pain. Jesus Jesus went through the cross for you and I, right? And when he called his followers, he didn't say everything's going to feel like you're winning the Super Bowl. Following Jesus often involves temporary pain. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, famous theologian who actually died as he was trying to, he was killed because of his uh, desire to get rid of Adolf Hitler. He writes this, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and, anybody can finish that with me? Come and what? Die. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Y'all know the words, I have decided to follow Jesus, right? Though none go with me, I still, why would no one come with you? Well, well because it's going to be hard. You're going to deny yourself. You're going to go through suffering for the name of Jesus, I, I, my cross I'll carry, some of the words in that song, till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. This is what looks like to follow Christ. Wow, aren't you glad you came to church today? Following Jesus often involves temporary pain, but notice Jesus does not stop with his call on his disciples. But it always leads to eternal gain. What, what Jesus is trying to help Peter and his disciples understand, don't have your mindset on the things of man that are temporary. I want you to put your mindset on the things of God, which are eternal. Do, do you know, oh, I don't have time. To, I'll just say it real quickly. If you read psychologists right now, they will tell you, and this Jesus loves you enough to tell you this, that if you live your life focused on yourself and trying to make yourself happy, it will backfire. That you need to find something to live for that's greater than yourself. And can I tell you there is something greater than yourself? There is something, this life is not about you. 
(sighs) It always will lead to eternal gain. Watch what Jesus says, for. Why does he want you to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, for? Whoever will save his life eternally, this is where he's gonna appoint us, will lose it here on earth, deny yourself. But whoever loses his life, denies himself here on earth for my sake and the sake of the gospel. By the way, some have taught in the history of the church that you need to actually hurt yourself. That's, this is not uh, masochism, how do you say that? Whatever that is. Jesus is not saying, just hurt yourself. He's saying, if you need to go through pain to follow me, go through that pain to follow me and there is going to be a joy on the other side. Y'all with me? For my sake and the sake of the gospel with Savior, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, which is what the world around you is living for? Your life should look different. Because eternity is different for us. We don't need to live to gain the whole world. What does it profit a man? God wants you to work for your profit. But the profit, the gain that is greater is eternal, right? For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What can a man give in return for his soul? What's more valuable? Whoever is ashamed of me, he's going to talk about in a negative sense now, and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, why would we want to live for that approval? Of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels and what's happening eternally for you and I. Following Jesus often involves temporary pain, and Jesus knew that. He knew that better than anyone in the history of the world has ever known that. And Jesus, when he invites you to come and follow him, he's going to invite, it's, it doesn't sound like this sounds super exciting if all you look at is the temporary pain that it's, it takes to stand up for your faith, to follow him through, through the difficulties in life, to do what is right and not what is selfish, to do what is selfless. It's going to involve temporary pain, but it always leads to eternal gain if it's for his sake and for the sake of the gospel. Church, I believe That for many in this room, you know that Jesus died on the cross for you, but you've never decided to fully follow him. You're fine with following him if that following him looks like a Super Bowl win with your first step. You're not fine with following him if that first step looks like humiliation, pain, separation. That's what Jesus calls his followers to sometimes, not all the time, temporarily, so that you get to be part of an eternal reward. Do y'all understand as Jesus says these hard words that he's actually wanting something for you when he says it? He's not trying to strip something. He's trying to give us something greater. And there are a lot of different stories I can tell about men and women who have laid down their life to follow Christ. And there are a lot of them in the history of our church that I could tell you about, but I wanna tell you about one of them right now. This is a couple, David and Ann Myers. David and Ann Myers lived in Illinois And they believed God was calling them from Illinois to the McKinney area of Texas in the early 1800s. That call to come to McKinney, Texas was not an easy call. It was a call into suffering. But they believed God was calling them here. At that point in time, from their knowledge, there were no Bible when I say Bible, there was Bible churches that taught, not Bible churches, like 
churches that were more based on you need to do this to be saved, ritual churches. There were no Baptist churches, but not all Baptist churches. Uh, yeah, anyway, there were no Baptist churches. There were, it's not about Baptist, whatever. There were no Jesus-focused churches in the area, and they said, hey, we want to come to that area, and so they did, and it was a call through pain. They lost eight children in infancy, and when they came, they started small Bible studies in homes in our area. Uh, one of those Bible studies, uh, uh, David was teaching at one in between here and Fort Worth, and while he was teaching in a Bible study, a dove landed on his shoulder, and the church thought that was a sign from, I wasn't a church yet. The Bible study group thought it was a sign from God. When it became a church, they named their church Lonesome Dove. And the guy who wrote that Western, Lonesome Dove, saw the church bus Lonesome Dove from that church that's still there between here and Fort Worth. Long story. They started these small group Bible studies and they were passionate about sharing the love of Jesus, so much so that they were ready to do it when it was difficult to go through pain. And David Myers, uh, this story was shared with one of our former pastors, Dr. Puckett, by one of David's sons. David Myers, one winter day, went to share the love of Jesus in one of those Bible study groups. And on his way back, it was way below freezing, it started to sleet, and his hands froze to the saddle horn. On the... So they, they were like, where's dad? We don't see dad. And they finally went outside and they found dad literally frozen onto his horse. They brought him inside. He died two days later. Why do I talk to you about David and Ann Myers? Because one of those Bible studies became a church and that church planted our church. And David and Myers were ready to say, hey, we're ready to go through temporary pain for eternal gain. And I think if David, and he's probably hearing this right now, I don't see it, but if, if, if he were able to stand on stage today, I don't think he'd say, I regret it. I, I, I think he would say there's something so much better living life for something bigger than you. And church, we believe, I believe, I want for you to be ready to follow Jesus when it's difficult so that you and I can work for that eternal reward, not for what's here and temporary. Okay, so what does that have to do with multiply? Well, we've told you, we've told you that we were planning to walk through Mark long before I knew multiply was gonna hit right now. But I think that these go together. Can I say before I start talking to you about vision again, about our church moving forward and a generosity initiative we have, that this is not the only way that God calls us to make sacrifices. It is not. So if you interpret my sermon that way, that you missed it. But this is a way that God often will call followers of Christ to make sacrifices. He loves us enough to talk about it a whole lot in the Bible. So I wanna share with you vision forward. If you're a guest here today, many of our guests, actually we have over 50 right now down the hall in our next, uh, our Discover First class, actually going through. Like if you're a member here, remember we have new people around. Bring them into your groups. They're down the hall. But maybe you're here and you're a guest and great day for you to be a guest because we're gonna get to talk about vision forward a little bit. We believe, like David and Ann Meyer's life, that God is calling us to multiply followers of Christ. 
And so we've, we've said this multiply and we believe that multiplication as follower of Christ really happens at the speed of relationships. David and Ann Myers, as they were involved in relationships with the people around them, he, he, he got on a horse to be in a room with people he loved to show them Christ. And we believe God has called us to that. Now, what does that mean? You've heard me talk about it this way. Uh, most of the church in the West, not all, but most, have been taught on some level that the win for you as a Christian is somehow for you to show up at church every week, maybe put a little money in a plate, and, uh, and hey, guess what? That's really great for you to be here because you're an added number to the room. But if you invite a friend, that's even that much better. Now, let me say real clearly, you coming to church, I think is a good thing. I wouldn't do what I'm doing if I didn't believe church is important. You inviting a friend to, to, to church is a wonderful thing. But we believe that God actually wants to do more in and through your life that he wants you to lead those around you to follow Christ. That there is a, a call in your, to go and make disciples of all nations for his glory and his purposes. If we filled up this room every day with people who didn't know Christ, addition in this room, and we somehow were able to lead them to Christ, it would take 16,000 years to reach the world, population of the world. But instead, if just one of you here in the room, one of you, and there's a whole lot more than one of you, we've been doing surveys, like over 300 say you're doing this now, which is cool, like 115 of you can tell us names of people. But if just one of us were able to lead someone to follow Christ, who in turn would lead someone else to follow Christ, that 16 years, 16,000 years, moves to 16 years. That's the whole world's population. It's a difference between addition and multiplication. That's what he called his followers to. You follow me, and guess what? I'm gonna send you out to make disciples of all nations. He wants to do that, we believe, in and through you. Relationships. We also believe he wants to multiply through our missions around the world and other countries, here in our country and in our city, churches that will multiply followers of Christ. Again, I just said, we believe churches are a big deal and important. I've talked to you about Cadence the last few weeks. This church is, this is Chris Phillips. I mentioned him last week, but we got to start this church three years ago. This church in Denver, Colorado, one of the least church cities in our country. Only 5% of the city ends up in church in Denver each week. This church, guess what? talked to Chris this last week I knew already about a church that they had been part of planting again multiplication in Arveda Colorado two years ago they are now praying over and they, they have their person they have the location they are planting a church now in Thornton Colorado this is super exciting for me that you and I we get to be part of that why because we use our funds our re no it's his funds his resources we want to build the kingdom not just our church right and we want to be part of investing that in the kingdom for his glory and his purposes relationships churches and also right now right now and this is not i heard someone say actually one of our deacons in a deacons meeting said recently said sam this we knew that we need to do this 12 years ago uh our youth building right now, our youth building is literally rotting. The, the, the ceiling is leaking. We have a, a chiller that chills. The, uh, chiller is like HVAC cool air. 
Not just the chiller, but then you have to replace it. So it's 15 year life expectancy, it's 29 years old. And so we started looking at, if we we try to fix that, what does that mean? That we have to replace all the conduit and all the pipe work and all that that works with that through the children's building and the youth building. Youth building then is rotting. So what do we do? And so we had, we contracted a company that knows how to do this and they came out and they told us, hey, hey, you know what? For the betterment of the future of our, for the best resource, it's not wise for us to continue to try to work on that building. That's not what God, it would cost our church more money in the long run to do that. Now this, I saw it as an obstacle initially. I now see it as an opportunity. Why? Because like David and Ann Myers made sacrifices years ago so that we get to experience that ministry now, we get to do that for the future. Here's a text I received this last week from Grant Bird on Wednesday night. This guy is dancing in his text, it's a gif. And he says, we had five people turn their lives over to Jesus tonight. That's this Wednesday in the youth building. It, yeah, hallelujah, isn't he the greatest? And I'm like, bro, praying with the EC right now. I shouldn't, yeah, I was reading my text when I was praying. But my pocket buzz, all right? Praying right now with the EC. Uh, praying with the EC right now for each of them. Praising Jesus. And it, that, why, why would, in that, we know that within the youth ministry, this is a few weeks ago, called conference where they're raising up kids to send them out to lead ministries around our country. And we get to be part of that. So we believe God's calling us to that. What does that mean? We're asking everyone in our church to one, enjoy this moment. Like this is a really neat time for us that we're gonna get to see God through us multiply for the foreseeable future until Jesus comes back. Not building a bigger palace is not what we're doing. It's actually not much bigger. I mean, it's what we're doing. We're not building a bigger palace. We're fixing something that can launch ministry for the foreseeable future with our youth. That's what we're doing as we multiply relationships. So enjoy this moment with us. That's why t-shirts, I've, had, I've seen a lot of y'all wearing the shirts around town. It's been fun conversations as we talk to other people about our desire to multiply the kingdom for his glory. And then finally, to pray and obey. We're asking everyone in our church, to have a personal encounter with God as it relates to your giving. And I know that this is not fun. It, it's, it, it involves sacrifice. If, if this, and the, win, the win is for us to really do this, to pray and obey. The win is not the youth building. God wants, wants something for us as we follow him. As we seek to really lay our lives down and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with what is yours in the first place? We're asking everyone in our church to have a personal encounter with God as it relates to their giving. I've never been a part of a church that's walked through this. I've never asked for this. Now I see the opportunity that God is giving us. In a few weeks in worship, we believe giving is an act of worship. You're gonna see a card like this and we don't want it to surprise you. If you're a member of our church, we want you to have prayed to God. 100% of our church, we want you to pray to God and just seek to obey him, whatever he would lead you to do. What do you give in a year? What are you praying as, as, as you pray? What is God leading you to as an expanded gift? You'll add that over two years. It's a two-year time horizon. If you have any gifts, stored resources, our kids and students, by the way, are doing this today. I've heard cool stories of kids selling their video game system or their favorite stuffed animal. I mean, like big stuff. Laying it down for the kingdom so that you could be part of that. Why, would we, why, why are we doing that? It's for the, for the future, for the, the kingdom, for, for his glory. That's why we're inviting the church to do that. Following Jesus often involves temporary pain, but it always leads to eternal gain. I'll show you another Super Bowl team right here. 
Actually, it's not a Super Bowl team. Anybody know who that is right there? Uh, why are you laughing? I, I think they must have gotten the shoulder pads too big. I don't, I don't think I'm actually that small. I think the shoulder pads must have been too big. Yeah, me and my flat top. Um, so I played football in high school. Not well. My, my nickname in high school was Touchdown because it was such a fluke when I scored the touchdown to win district. Like I was, my junior year, my junior year, I go up to catch a pass. Pads kind of slide up with you. The defensive back hits me in the chest. When he hits me in the chest, it popped the cartilage out between my ribs, okay? So it was really painful for me to breathe for like a month. And so my friends loved that. They would just, all the jokes, they knew they would just make me laugh was pain. After that year, I stopped playing football. My senior year, you know what I learned my senior year? I learned that it's very different being in the school and being on the team. When I was on the team, when we would win, I was part of that. In the school, I was like, cheer that, that's cool. But when I was on the team and I got to participate, like the, the wins, I, I it, <laughs> what am I saying? I do think in the room, I've yet to talk, and I'm sure there's people, I've yet to talk genuinely to someone in our church that doesn't think this should happen, that we should do this. I think a lot of, but there's a big gap between agreement and participation often. Being a fan and, and being a player. Does that make sense? And can I say, not because we need to, because God wants something for you. I would invite you to pray and jump in to be part of what he is doing. Some of you are thinking, Sam, you don't normally preach this way. No, hopefully God is calling us to make sacrifices all the time as we follow him. We've invited our life groups and I've heard so many life group leaders, thank you. I've heard so many cool stories, even this week, from people learning in their life groups. My life group is going through this. Why do we want to talk about generosity in our life groups at the same time? Because for us, really, you learning to follow Christ is the greater win. I saw pictures this week from kids in their life group collecting coins to give their first gift ever to the kingdom. I, I got emails this week from people in our church talking about the difference they're learning that Jesus, it's all his. What, how do we shift from what do we give to really maybe what do we keep? Like it's all his in the first place. I don't know where you are on this list, but as you pray, as, as you pray and you seek to obey God, I would, I'm gonna invite you to kind of self-identify where are you? This is in your, your, your pamphlet that we've handed out and say, Lord, what does it look like for me to take a step forward? as I give to the kingdom of God. Following Jesus often involves temporary pain, but it always leads to eternal gain. He who supplies seed to the sower, this is the passage that is in the booklet. And I've thought, again, this was not set up at the same time as we were walking through Mark. He who supplies seed to the sower, that was like the first week. And bread for food, feeding the 5,000 the second week. We'll supply and multiply your seed for and increase the harvest. And that's eternal, what we've talked about this week of your righteousness and will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God all right one more thing these two players 
are playing for different teams on the field, but not eternally, right? Uh, at the end of this deal, uh, somebody's going to end up with one of those, right? But it's not going to just be the superstar player. I think there's some people that don't jump into something like this because you're like, okay, I can't really make a significant dent in the need for the youth building. And so you, you don't jump in. Y'all know that every, every player on the practice squad for both teams is getting the same ring, right? You know the way eternal rewards work out in scripture? The way eternal rewards work out in scripture is God at one point tells us the Bama seat of Christ is gonna put us before Jesus if you're a believer in Jesus and he's gonna burn away everything that didn't, wasn't for the glory of God that you've done in your life that's wrong because Jesus has died on the cross to take that sin away. Praise him. But then anything that actually was empowered by the Holy Spirit for you to do, and it may have been difficult and sacrifice, he's gonna reward what really he did in and through you in the first place. And then you're gonna take that reward and you know what you're gonna do back with that reward? The Bible talks about crowns better than, by the way, that temporary ring. You're gonna get crowned and we get to throw it back at him and worship him with it forever. That's what we get to do. That's, this, is, this is what this verse is referring to. You will be enriched in every way, be generous in every way, which through you will produce thanksgiving to God and that thanksgiving to God is gonna get to be eternal. That's what's coming for people that say, yes, I'm ready to go through temporary pain for eternal gain. I'm gonna invite y'all to watch with me a video before you start playing it. Uh, I'm so, I just genuinely am excited about the unity that we've seen through this. Y'all have heard, you've heard about my wrestles through the whole process. Rebecca and I are in, leaders are in. The fall, we had uh, 35 of our households jump in. And this last week, we had a gathering and we, had, we got to see in that gathering many more leaders in our church say, yes, I'm in and already jump in with our commitment. Y'all watch this. My multiply commitment means that uh, more people ultimately hear the name of Jesus here and abroad. Um, everybody comes to know his name and he comes back sooner. My multiply commitment means to me more than a building, more than the church budget, more than church planting. To me, my multiply commitment means God's invitation for me to partner with him for the kingdom and for his mission and his message. We met in our youth group. And um, we came to First McKinney because of Grant Bird's ministry in the youth and, and uh, be able to have our boys grow up in this youth group and, and experience the same things that we experienced. And we're both working in the youth and, uh, and are excited to see the next steps that God's got planned for us and, and to see us take it in even beyond and to, and to multiply what God has blessed us with to those people that are coming behind us. And uh, we wanna be a part of that. I think about my youth and growing up and there were people who committed that did not know me, that were willing to give their time and resources so that I could have an incredible experience growing in a family of faith. And I know that my children are being beneficiaries of people many decades ago committing themselves to their resources, giving them back to God. And that's why we as a family want to commit now because even though my children are experiencing benefits at this moment, there are many generations of children that because of what we're doing now will benefit from what's happening uh, in this church. They say it's not about bricks, but it is. How much did we miss the bricks during COVID? The opportunity to come together for our youth to learn, to be trained, and our youth
right here are coming here to learn how to evangelize in Moldova. So we're multiplying with the BRICS by taking what they're learning here, gaining confidence here to the nation. Both Jessica and I grew up in youth groups that were incredibly influential in our lives. Um, obviously, the Lord working through all of those friends, through the pastors, um, that was a, a huge support group for us making right decisions in life. Um, it helped keep us accountable and uh, thinking correctly. Um, and just those experiences and our growth and maturity um, and spiritual maturity was, was huge. And frankly, that's how I met her. The environments is a big deal. Uh, this is the place where ministry gets to happen. And as we talked about tonight, that there may be, maybe we're investing in that one chair, that one seat for that one student who actually gets to hear the message of Jesus, who comes to faith in Jesus. And then that one student may become a future leader of churches that multiply and plant and so forth because this is how the gospel got here. And this is what the gospel is gonna do moving forward. Multiply means to me taking the gospel and spreading it around like it's confetti. Our multiply commitment allows us to be a part of what God is gonna be doing um, for generations to come. We're excited. This church was kind enough to share with me as a young man, was able to share with me as we raised our children here as well. We've been blessed and First Baptist Church has always been willing to take care of the next generation. We look forward to what God's going to do. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.